0: Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I started last week preaching and teaching on intercession. And last week um, I did more preaching than teaching. Today I'm going to do a lot more teaching because I want to go through the Word of God And our context and our scripture for today is 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2, this is where Paul is speaking to Timothy. Timothy is pastoring, and Paul is encouraging him. And it's very important that as a pastor, that I encourage you with the word of God, not with my opinions, not with my ideas, not with what even I see in the natural But I preach the word of God that is then, I'm led by the spirit of God. And I've had people come up to me and say, you know, how do you, like, how do you know what's going on in my life? That message you preached today, like, you're reading my story. It wasn't me. It's the spirit of God. Because I don't prepare a message for a person. I don't prepare a message for myself and what I think would be good. I genuinely pray and say, God, what does the church need to hear? Where are they at in their spirit? Where are they at in their life? And somehow it just goes around the whole spectrum of everybody where you are. You know, and that was what we would call not just giving information, because anybody can give information. No, this is impartation, where I'm imparting into your life through the word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? So 1 Timothy chapter 2, and this is our central idea. When we pray, we do it from an attitude of humility. Say humility. Come on, say humility. Honor. And compassion. Humility, honor, and compassion. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says this. First of all, say first. First. This is going to be good because I know where I'm going. 1 Timothy chapter 2 says, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for who? All people. Let's break the scripture down for a moment. First of all. He is telling Timothy, before anything, in all things, this is first. This is first. See, a lot of times our first is not God's first. Our first is what we think it should be. Our first is a lot of times what we impose on God and say, God, this is first. And sometimes we don't even bring God into our first because we don't like that is not his first. <laughs> but he's telling Timothy here, first. See, there are things within the word of God that you have to do first before you experience the promises of God. Just like how we talked about giving just a second ago. There are going to be things that you will have to do first, not second, not third, not when you feel like it, not when it's convenient No, first. First means preeminence. First means right now. It's the first thing you do. The first thing you do when you wake up, what is it? For some, brush your teeth, take a shower. You all have a first when you wake up, right? Every single person. You have your normal ritual thing that you do. Some of you do it to where if you break it, you freak out. (laughs) Right? I know for me, when I first get out of my bed, the very first thing I do they go to my phone and I start reading my Bible. I know I don't have a paper and leather Bible by my bedstand. It's my phone. Come on, who, who has a phone that uses their Bible first instead of a paper one? I'm actually, uh, I have a paper one and I'm going to start using it more. So you might see me with it because I want to, for the next 10 years, I'm, uh, I want to write in the margins of it everything that God gives me. And then in, in 10 years, when Braden turns 18, I'm going to give him that Bible. Um, my, my parents did that for me. Um, my dad gave me his first Bible, and it's literally highlighted. The papers are, like, very thin, so much writing on it. And uh, a couple of months ago, I was like, you know, that would be awesome to get my son. Um, so for the next 10 years, I'm just going to use that instead of my phone, which that's going to be difficult in itself. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to use a paper Bible that has big margins. Um, it's a Cambridge Bible where I can just write everything. On. And uh, But what is your first? What's your first thing that you do? Do you think of God? Do you think of the things of God? Do you pray? Because in a second, this is what he says. First of all, I urge that supplications, say supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving. There's four things. He's saying, first thing, I want you to have supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving for who? All people, man, all people. Not the ones you like. Not just yourself. Well, that's easy to pray for yourself. He said, all people. If you continue to read in verse 2, he begins to tell you who those all people are. For kings, all who are in high positions. Why? So that we may lead a peaceful, peaceful and quiet life. Godly and dignified in every way. This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Now, Paul is saying in this opening scripture that before we pray for ourselves or our families, our children, our wife, or our husband, our grandparents, we should pray for kings and for all those that are in authority. <laughs> who does that today? <laughs> Probably not. I get it. That means we are to pray for our government, those who are in authority. From the national level down to the local level. Now, a few of us might be doing this already. If you are, good on you. Come on. But many are not. If Christians were praying for our leaders, things would not be as they are in our nation. Prayer changes things. But I think a lot of people just kind of go with what is. And they're just like, what will be is going to be. I can't change it. If God wanted to change it, he'll change it. But this false narrative and the lie that the enemy has put within the church and within the minds of the believer has distorted our view of prayer. We have to be intercessors. We have to have intercession. We have to pray. We have to have supplication. We have to be thankful and grateful for what God is doing and has done. You have to pray, because prayer will change a nation. It will change a nation. It will cause ungodly government, government, ungodly government, corrupt government. See, God, let me help you. God did not call you to criticize. There's nowhere where you'll find that. But the first thing that we usually do is criticize. We love to be critical. We breathe on it. Facebook, my Lord. It is a breeding ground for it. If you spend enough time on it, you just get saturated in so much critical and uh, cynical people and pessimists and just, dear God, it'd be so hard to have any joy. It just sucked the life out of you. But God did not call you to be critical, He called you to pray. The first defense of the church, guess what? Prayer. The first response to the nation, to things in life, prayer. And I know some of you right now are already saying, well, we gotta stand up. We gotta protest. We got to get that, gotta get loud. And I hear you, I get it, I do. But that's not the first thing you do. The first thing you gotta do is pray. Be led by the spirit of God. Not led by your emotions. Not led by your feelings. Not led by what your ideas and thoughts are. Because those things will lead you into deception because Satan will attack your mind. We saw a lot of this throughout the past of this past course of two years. Such a divide, such a divide, where neither side was praying, it was lashing out against one another. But we got to get back to a place first of prayer. And you got to get back to the place of understanding that prayer works. Do you believe that today, that prayer works? Prayer will change a family. Prayer will change a husband. Prayer will change a wife. Prayer will change a child. Prayer will change a marriage. Prayer will change your living situation. Prayer will change your job. Prayer will change your life. Prayer will change a church. Prayer will change a region. Prayer will change a government. Prayer will change a nation. Prayer will change the world. Prayer. But it sounds so easy. Don't we have to like grab a grab our guns, grab our swords and pitchforks and go out? I don't know if people still grab pitchforks. I <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no. You pray. See, Paul wrote this under the anointing of God's spirit, which means these words in 1 Timothy, guess what, are God's words. What are this Paul's ideas? The word of God is just not man's ideas. The word of God is God's word to us written by men under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It is God's word. It's his truth. So Paul is writing this to Timothy, very much understanding the current climate that Timothy and the church is in. Because if you've done any history and or study of history during that time, this is where Christianity is really just becoming something. F- following Jesus, the Messiah, the message. So a lot of, the Romans still saw a lot of these messages or this message of preaching Christ, the Messiah, as part of Judaism. So that's why they didn't give it much stock. But that's why you saw the Jews literally everywhere Paul went try to stir up the people. I mean, go back and read. You can see it. So it was the Jews that were causing strife and contention for Paul to preach to the Gentiles, to preach his gospel. It wasn't Rome yet, but later on, you'll see what happens. That They start to see that Christianity following Jesus makes a huge mark on the earth, and then they try to close it down, and they do it. Look through church history and the timeline of where we are today from what we went through. I mean, the dark ages, For I mean, we went through some things for the church. Thank God for the 1500s when the Reformation happened. I mean, who's ever done study on that stuff? I mean, praise God, because if that didn't happen, you wouldn't be where you are today. A lot of people don't understand that. It's because of godly men that rose up, that prayed, that interceded on a nation on behalf of God, that things changed. See, God is not telling us to pray for something that he's not, or sorry, God is not going to tell us to pray for something that he will not give us. Why would God tell you to pray? Why would he tell Timothy to pray, Paul, if God wasn't going to answer? He just wants you to pray words? No, he wants you to pray because it will come to pass if you do. Why do you pray today? Why do you pray over your body? Why do you pray over your family? Do you pray just... Nonchalantly, prayers and hopefully they'll come. You know, maybe they'll come if it's in the sovereign will. God will do it. You know, hope. I don't. I don't know. I don't even know why I'm praying. Or do you pray because you believe and receive His word? You know, He said you could have it if you pray for it, if you say it, if you speak to it. Speak to the mountain. I mean, for healing, you think about healing for your body. Why do you pray healing over your body? Because He says healing is yours. It's yours. There are promises in the word of God that are yours that you must pray for, that you must ask for, that you must entreat of God for. But if you never do, you'll never get it. And if you do it and you're thinking that, well, there's really no reason me praying because whatever it is, it's going to happen. No, we must intercede. We must pray. Now, we know that our heavenly father is not less faithful in his promises than an earthly father would be. Everybody know that, right? Your heavenly father is much better than your natural father. Now, you may say, I didn't have a natural father. That's all right. You got a heavenly father, and he's a lot better. And if a good father knows how to give gifts to his children, how much more will the heavenly father do for you? (laughs) See, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a liar. He's true to his word. He will do what he says when we meet his conditions. There's conditions in God. There's conditions to his word, but he'll do it if we meet his conditions. So many times there are conditions to be met in connection with our prayer life and what we say and what we speak and what we are interceding God for. And just like I said before, we could criticize, but that's not a condition to have. No, that's not your place to have. See, people criticize, and you can tell when someone's criticizing that they're not praying. The loudest criticism that you'll hear are from people that don't pray at all. I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about the believer. I'm talking about the church, us. I'm not talking about the world. The world's going to criticize. They're they're under a different domain, they're under a different authority. They're going to be that way because the things of God are foolish to them and they don't understand it. That's why they don't understand a church when they, rather than fight, they pray. They don't understand it. Why would you do that? That's crazy. You're basically saying, let everything happen. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. No, we know that prayer works. We know that prayer is our first offense. And there may be a time, t- maybe there may come a time where you have to fight. And the Lord will tell us. But that's not the first offense. Prayers. And even in that, I hope it never gets to that point. Just like the Bible says, I hope that we can live a peaceful, peaceful, and quiet life, able to minister the word of God. Thank God we live in Australia where we're able to minister the word of God still. There's some places you can't minister the word of God and Christians do not have a peaceful and quiet life. Why do we pray for good government? So that we are able to preach the gospel and plant the word of God all around in our region. But when we have bad government, when we have government that tries to suppress the things of God, you won't be able to preach the gospel. This is why a church must pray. And I believe God is calling the church in this hour to pray. I believe this isn't just information I'm giving you. This is a spirit a, a word by the spirit. This is an assignment that God given me today to tell you that we have to pray. That's why we've prayed 4 months of this year is to pray. Because prayer changes things. As Christians, we are not to put politics before Christ. Can I preach some truth to you today? I'm your pastor, and I'm going to shepherd you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not up here preaching politics, but I am going to preach godly principles to you. We are not to put politics before Christ. Some people are so politically minded that they're not spiritually minded at all. They're so engulfed with the 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 things of this world and the problems and within news and media that they have no foundation in the word of God and are spiritually minded let a church this church be a church that's spiritually minded before we are politically minded the Lord is impressing within my heart today that we as a church should pray especially for our nation right now we have to because there's a lot of ideas and things that are coming out that the church must pray for you have to pray You see it within schools, you see it within policies, you see it with administrations, all that. First offense is pray. See, God does not tell us to do something just to put extra words in the Bible or to fill up space. God, in every word that he has spoken, had a purpose in mind. See, when we look at Scripture, when we look unto Scripture, we can learn the purpose of why we pray for our leaders. We can see it. Verse 2, may we lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. God is concerned about us and will move even those who are in authority. Listen to this. God is concerned about us and will move even those who are in authority. That may not be Christians. He will answer our prayers and do things for us that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Notice the ultimate purpose of our praying for our nation. Verse 3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. If we as Christians want to please God, because that's our ultimate goal, right? is to please God. Do you know that's what we owe God? is to please him. And we know that it's faith that pleases God. What are we going to put as number one in our prayer list? You, me, my children, my wife, I was about to say my husband, I don't have a husband. Maybe you have a husband. My grandchildren, my church. No, we're going to do exactly as God said, to pray first for all who are in authority. Notice the fourth verse who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. God's ultimate purpose in us having to pray for those in authority is that we will be able, again, to spread the gospel. We're spreading the gospel. That's why we're praying for our nation, so that we still can. Because there's coming a time, you, you read. Now, if that happens in our lifetime, all right, if it doesn't, I'm, I'm not worried about either. I'm not some doomsday preacher. What will happen What happen. We preach the coming of the Lord. There's hope in it. There's glory in it. Praise God he's coming back. But if he comes back in another hundred years, another thousand years, that's when he comes back. If he comes back tomorrow, he comes back. We just continue to preach the gospel. We continue to be the light. Amen. The Bible says don't be ignorant of the things of God, especially in Revelation. Don't be ignorant. I would not have you be ignorant of these things. No, look at the signs. Look, Look for the coming of the Lord. Look for it. It's all right. But don't come to the point where it's... Preaching and teaching fear and living a life where you're hunkering down and scared to live. My God, we got to preach. We got to spread the gospel, and I can't do that from a bunker. I just can't do it. (laughs) Preaching really good right now. If we do not have good government where there's quietness and peace, it hinders the spread of the gospel. In time of political upheaval, we are hindered in spreading the gospel. In time of war, we are hindered in spreading the gospel due to travel restrictions and other limitations. This is why the church must pray, especially right now. I mean, you see it all around the world. You can see the height and the, just, the expansion of what's going on. You can see it. We got to pray. God wants us to get the gospel out. He wants us to get the truth out. Jesus said this in Matthew 24 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When does the end? When it's preached, this gospel of the kingdom to all the world for a witness unto all nations. I mean, you look out now, we're preaching everywhere. I mean, The day in the internet and the technology age that we're living in, the digital age, the gospel's being preached. I mean, it ain't just by radio anymore, newspaper, extra, extra, read all about it. No, it's go to your phone and on Google you can see the gospel. Everyone have a phone app or a phone and you have the Bible app on your phone? It's so easy now. So easy. But when does that time come? I don't know. Again, it will come though. See, the devil is doing his best to see that none of this is accomplished. He does this through lies, manipulation. We know that God is a creator. Come on, say God's a creator. Satan is a counterfeit. Everything that God creates, Satan counterfeits it. Everything. He did it in the garden, and he's still doing it to this day. Everything. That's why there's so many different types of truths and ideas and narratives out there. We don't know which one to follow. (laughs) You hear it on one news media, and you hear it on the other. You hear it on one podcast, you hear it on another YouTube channel. I mean, it's so hard to follow, right? Go to the Word. Get in the Spirit. Pray. I mean, there's no other way to do it. Now, I've told you what to pray for. Let's go into how to pray. And I'll be done in a second. The scripture is clear enough about who we need to pray for when it says kings and for all in authority, but let's talk about the how. Paul says four things, supplications, prayers, intercessions. Supplications, prayers, intercessions. We'll get into Thanksgiving later on uh, in the next couple of weeks. The prayers of intercession and supplications are, of course, prayers for others. And this scripture is talking about praying for others. Intercession, this is what it means. The purpose And look, let me help you. The purpose of defining intercession or any type of prayer is not limited or confined prayer to a set of rules and regulations, but to give a better understanding of what the Bible teaches about each type of prayer. It's not set to just a way of praying. This is how you should pray. It's not just rules and regulations. Equipped with knowledge, the believer can cooperate much fully with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit always works in conjunction with the Word. This is why having a relationship with the Holy Spirit is important. And how do you know you're in relationship with the Spirit of God and not with some other spirit or with your mind? Because a lot of times people have a hard time, is it my mind? Or is it the Spirit of God? Or maybe it's some other spirit? It always confirms His Word, the Bible. That's how you know it's the Holy Spirit. So today, if you're hearing from the spirit of God, you'll hear his word. Today, if you're hearing from the spirit and it's not confirming his word, well, that ain't God. He need to cast it down and say, go, get behind me, Satan. Because what will happen if you don't, you'll begin to believe ideas and ideologies and a narrative that is anti-God. god that is anti-Christ, that is anti-the message of the gospel, and then you'll begin to preach another gospel. And this is what we see in Paul's time. This is what we've seen throughout church history. And you're still seeing it to this day. That's why there's so many different denominations, so many different religions and things out there. But let's stick to the truth of the word of God. See, many people have lost the true spirit of prayer by becoming legalistic and clinical in their praying it's more important to recognize and learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit in prayer than merely just to know correct prayer terminology. For a long time, almost all prayer was called intercession. Or it was a thought that intercession was the only effective kind of praying. Maybe for you, you've heard that. But in reality, the most effective prayer is the prayer the Holy Spirit inspires, which is needed at that moment. Whether it's a prayer of agreement, The prayer of faith, the prayer of praise and worship, or some other type of prayer, because there are types of prayers. I mentioned it a little bit last week. Often, often different kinds of prayers will work together much like the fingers on a hand. For instance, supplication, which is earnest, heartfelt request, is used in intercession. Now, intercession defined is this, standing in the gap in prayer between a person or a persons who have provoked judgment upon themselves through their wrongdoing and the actual execution of that judgment. Let me say it again. Intercession defined is this, standing in the gap in prayer between a person or a persons, plural, who have provoked judgment upon themselves through wrongdoing the actual execution of that judgment. More simply, it's this. Intercession is prayer to hold back judgment. Intercession is prayer to hold back judgment. To be effective in intercession, we have to be prompted and under the direction of the Holy Spirit. That's why when we pray, we're led by the Holy Spirit. That's why sometimes it takes time to pray. You can't just pray in 10 minutes. Like inter- I'm talking about intercession. Intercession is not just like a 10-minute prayer. It's not like when you go to eat at the table and say, good food, good meat, thank God, let's eat. I mean, it's not that type of prayer. It's interceding. It might be 30 minutes. It might be an hour. It might be four hours. It might be getting into that place for a week. You're saying, do we pray like that, really? Yeah. Jesus did. The disciples did. I'm telling you right now, if you got into prayer more it would change your living situation. I grew up in a home every Tuesday night, and I'm almost done. That's my second one. Every Tuesday night, we prayed. And I use this as a testimony of what God put me in, and God allowed me to have this. I thank God for the grace that I was raised in a godly home, because I know everyone has that. I get it. But I use it to encourage you. My parents... The marriage, their love for each other, I I knew they loved one another, but I saw the love for God first. My dad would pray over us. He'd pray over my mom. I mean, he loved her because of just Jesus. I guarantee you they had their moments and times because it got in the flesh like everybody else does. But I remember on Tuesday nights, we'd be in that living room, my brother and me, my mom and dad. And my sister was 10 years later after us. My parents got married very young. And they were 16 and 18, so they were young. Um, They're actually going to have their 40th anniversary next year, which is pretty cool. Still married. Praise God. And I remember being in that house in that living room. Dad would have Darling Check, Shout to the Lord album. How many of you know that? Blaring. My dad would weep. (laughs) Seriously, he would be weeping. (laughs) Darling Check just was anointed. I mean, she still is. I'm sure she still sings. I, I I don't know if she does. I'm sure she does. And we'd be in that room, in the living room, praying and seeking God. And dad would teach us, he taught us how to pray over one another. I'll pray over my brother. <laughs> that, was, that was funny. We pray over each other. We didn't actually have the best relationship all the time. But my dad said, You're gonna pray over your brother. <laughs> he taught us how to pray the word of God, we had what you call confessions and it was the word of God. And he broke it down in the first person where you would read the word of God over yourself. Who's ever done confessions before? You know, it's, it's taking the scripture and reading it in first person over your life. For instance, I am a new creation through Christ Jesus. I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm saying it over my life. And so we used to do that. And um, we would, yeah, we just say the word of God. So I, the word of God got me at a very young age. And then we would pray in the Holy Ghost. I remember being seven, eight years old, praying in tongues and talking with the Holy Spirit. And I remember the tangible presence of God would be in our living room, not at church on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, but in our living room at home, the presence of God, a tangible anointing and experiencing and being seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, crying in the presence of God. And God was real to me, you know, which saved me from doing a lot of this dumb stuff. And anytime that I was going, when I did step in sin and began to do that stuff, I was always reminded of who I was in Christ. That seed was in me deep. To where around 16, 17, I just, I ran straight to God and said, I'm not gonna live for the next 10 years outside of your will. Just won't do it. You can start right now with your family. You can start right now. Because don't live in regret. Don't allow this story to be like, Oh, man, I missed out on so much. No, no, no. Use that as an encouragement what you can do today, right now, in your life. Change it. You say, well, it's difficult because you don't understand the home life. I get it. God will help you. Ask the Lord to help you. Pray for your husband. You may have a husband that's not serving God today. Pray for him. I know it's difficult. Be slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. You may have a wife that's not a Christian. You may have kids that are just serving the devil, just living crazy. They're not living according to the things of God. You're having difficulty with them. Pray over them. Love them. Don't just constantly berate them and correct them. Love them. Love them. Sometimes it's better just to be quiet. Pray for them. Pray for their spirit. Pray for their soul. get an opportunity to be a man and woman of God that God's called you to be. You get an opportunity to pray. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.